Podcast Answer Man, episode number 120. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, coming to you live from the gspn.tv studios here in Hebron, Kentucky. As I adjust my volume level on my headphones so I can hear myself once again, I think my wife turned it down. I'm going to be talking about a few things today. Looks like we're going to talk about naming schemes of podcasts. We're going to talk about email lists that I use. Um, and I want to bring up a topic here for a discussion for folks in the uh, chat and also for folks in the comments later after you hear the podcast lot or uh, via podcast. Basically, before I get things started here, I want to tell you if you haven't heard about this yet um, over on the podcastanswerman.com side of things. I have decided to do some radical things here with my time and putting things together in a very organized fashion. And one of the things that I had decided to do was to make Thursdays my live show days. So every Thursday from this point forward, uh, at least for as long as I can see into the foreseeable future, from 9 o'clock in the morning till 5 o'clock in the evening, Eastern Time, I will be live over at gspn.tv recording these shows. In fact, there's if you head over to gspn.tv live, even if I'm not doing a live show at the time, uh, you will probably uh, see some folks in the chat room randomly throughout the days. And also, just below the chat room, you will see a schedule of our live shows, which is in Google Calendar format, which if you also use Google Calendar, you know there's a little icon, icon down at the bottom right-hand corner of the uh, of the little calendar, you can click on that and it will add my calendar to your calendar so you can kind of see what shows are coming up when. And so, uh, yeah, been recording podcast all morning today or all day today. We started at nine o'clock this morning with the Mac podcast and uh, the About the Church podcast at 10. We did a Lost podcast uh, after that. Family from the Heart. Uh, my wife and her best friend just got finished recording Full-Time Mom. And, uh, yeah, so yeah, lots of things going on. Another thing I want to mention here in podcast answer, man, uh, if you are a podcaster or thinking about podcasting, uh, there's no question in my mind that you will be interested in the newest podcast that we have launched here at gspn.tv called social media serenity. You can find that at socialmediaserenity.com. And in essence, what it is, it's a podcast that I do with a friend of mine. His name is Eric Fisher. And the two of us get together and we talk about social networking sites, uh, social media in general. We bring some of the the latest news to the uh, show. Uh, That's a very small portion of what we do. Uh, A a large portion that we do is, is talking about how we're using social media and how people that we know are using social media. And more specifically, you know, giving tips and tricks on how to make it more productive, you know, how to use social media to be more productive and more efficient in things that we do and try to accomplish on a regular basis, how we can effectively build stronger brands, how we build stronger relationships with people that we know, uh, both face to face and people we've met only through social networking. 
And then, of course, the most important thing is how in the world can we do all these things without them eating our lives? You know, so many people, I think, are addicted to checking their Facebook all day long or checking their Twitter all day long or checking your email all day long. Whatever the case may be, the question is how can we incorporate social networking into our lives and get a lot of value a lot of value out of it but at the same time having it not consume us and how do we fit it into a balanced life that is what social media serenity is all about and i would love to invite you to check that out the first two episodes are already out there they're online and um, we're getting a lot of positive feedback about it anyway we're going to start uh the actual content of podcast answer man off by bringing you a question from Jonathan, who uh, left us this voice feedback uh, probably just about a week or two ago. And uh, here's what Jonathan had to say. Hey, Cliff. This is John from Houston. Hey. Oh, wrong one. Let me bring the right form. Here we go. This one's Jonathan. Hey, Cliff. This is Jonathan Nation, jonathannation.com. And I'm sending this message, recording it on my brand new Adderall 09HR that I got from you. It's been great and wonderful. But I was noticing on your how you were naming your files. Podcast Answer Man, About the Church, your other shows. You've changed the naming scheme. It used to be Podcast Answer Man dash 115 dash the title of the show. And you've shortened at least a few of them, to PAM-116. What caused you to do this change? It's, it's one that I'm, I'm just interested in. What was the process of you f- deciding? You've changed your naming schemes a little bit in the past, messed with them. How do you decide currently, today, how you name the actual file? Thanks. All right, Jonathan, thank you very much for your question, and I'll be happy to share that with you. And uh, basically, the I, I just want to say first and foremost that it's really not that important um, how you name your shows. I, back in the old days, when podcasting first got started, they had some really cheesy MP3 players out there, and I'm sure that some of them still exist, where they don't use meta tags. They instead put everything on your your mp3 player as the actual name of the podcast and so the only way or the name of the actual file so back then the only way that you could kind of sort through what kind of content is on your player was actually by the physical file name of the mp3 Uh, i don't know any player today that's that's released like that most everything out there reads your metadata your your artist title tag um, your genre tags and all those things. So w- one of the things that I think is important, no matter what we're talking about here, is consistency. And it's it's very clear that that's an important thing because obviously you're you're calling in or sending in this audio feedback as a result of seeing a change in the actual normal routine of how I do things. Now, how I how I name my files and how I name my shows in my blog are two different things. And I'll, I'll start off with that. By the way, if you look at, if you go to podcastanswerman.com, you will see a three digit number. Then you'll see podcast answer man, uh, podcast answer man, 
hyphen and then the title of the show. It's just the way that I've always done things. I am, a, you know, I want things to be in a very numerical order in that fashion. And it's easy for people to see that, you know, as soon as they look at the title, they'll see that this is not the first episode. They'll actually, they'll be able to get a visual count that when they see podcast or they see, you know, number 120 podcast answer man and then the name of the title here, uh, naming schemes and email lists, they'll be able to recognize right away, hey, there's already, this is the 120th episode. So I, I like that information being right there front and center so that people know that there's prior information that they can probably obtain. Now, when it comes to my files, I used to do exactly the same thing. I used to name my files exactly the same as my title on the blog. So therefore, my file in the old days would have been you know, 005 podcast answer man hyphen the title of the show with no spaces dot mp3. And um, the reason why I changed that is because there was back in the old days, I was trying to test out um, it was called Kiptronic, which was a subsidiary or a connection uh, to Libsyn.com where they could incorporate dynamically inserted mp3s into your shows well the thing is is i had more than just one podcast and those advertising things that i was looking at would not be really all that great for all of my shows for example i wouldn't want to advertise you know direct tv on my about the church podcast and you know that's more of a law you know the lost or entertainment podcast uh, audience that would probably be more apt to want to you know to have a reaction to an ad for direct TV. So I decided, you know, wait a second, how are we going to do this? How can we shuffle through here? And they, they said, we can create filters. And basically what they'll do is they'll say, Hey, any episode that starts with these characters and then moves on, no matter what it is after that kind of putting like a uh, star dot star or, you know, just a, a wild card at the end of a few characters, then you can, um, you can say, okay, all the episodes that are Weekly Lost Podcast, if they start with W-E-E-K star, and then from that point forward, it'll it'll just pay, basically look for anything that starts with W-E-E-K. And if it starts with that, it will insert advertisements in front of that. So back in those days, what happened was I made a decision at that point in time that any future episodes that I release, I'm going to start using this naming scheme. And so from that point forward, I always made the decision to, to name my MP3 files like this. It would be podcast answer man 120 hyphen the title of the show dot MP3. Now, I've been doing that for, oh gosh, months and months and months. And uh, I keep an archive of all of our shows and I keep all of the each show in its own folder on my hard drive and I keep that hard drive backed up and eventually I'm going to get around to creating an online backup so I can also have it out in the clouds as well. But uh, the, the good news is that all of my content is uploaded on Libsyn servers anyway. So I, technically speaking, I do have all my content out there somewhere. But with that being said, I I do go in and, and I keep everything all nice and neat. What I noticed there for a while is that when you write out 120 podcast answer man hyphen and then the title of the show, that sometimes can be kind of long. And when you're looking at it in a folder structure, you sometimes all you see is the three digits podcast answer man and just a little bit of the actual title of the show. 
And so when I'm looking for certain episodes, it was kind of like, you know, the title kind of gets lost and you have to click down and and find out what the title of all these shows are or put it in a different folder view or whatever have you. And and so it's really as simple as that. I mean, that's the only reason why I changed it. So I started to try, you know, podcast answerments. So I did PAM. And then what I found and and what you'll recognize is that I did that for a while. But since then, I've gone back to my original original naming scheme. And that's because I recognize it's like, oh, wait a second, it's going to start alphabetically messing some of these in with some of the older places. It's it's not going to put it all in the right order. I'd have to change all the other ones back. And I'm just a little OCD about all of those things. So I just decided, you know what, rather than changing 110 episode titles in my archives, I'm just going to go back to my naming scheme and just keep things as they are. So that's that's really the only reason I do that. Now, the the exception to that is I had all these episodes called My Crazy Life. And when I changed it to Pursuing a Balanced Life, I just t- started titling them the three-digit episode P-A-B-L hyphen and then the title on .mp3. And the reason why is because P comes after M and therefore uh, P-A-B-L automatically shows up in the in the actual chronological order of things in my in my um podcast uh archives folder so that's that's how i come up with my naming schemes but to to be honest with you it really doesn't matter i mean these things can be so long um i i suggest not making them too long that they wouldn't work in other people's file structures or whatever uh there's some people out there believe it or not there's people out there that have windows 98 windows 95 I don't know how many of those people are listening to podcasts, but, you know, those people are out there. So um, I, I don't know if that's really all that interesting, but if that was interesting to you, that's kind of uh, how I do things here. And uh, I just suggest that whatever you do, whatever you do, go with consistency. All right. So the next up uh, is not Jonathan. The next person that's called in is actually John. And John has a question about some email lists. So let's see what John has to say. Hey, Cliff. This is John from Houston. Hey, I have a question. I am a school teacher. I'm looking to find a way this, this August, whenever we have a back to school type function, to get all these parents on an email uh, list um, under some, you know, maybe a listserv or. or or whatever that you know, we can be able to send out to them to the masses. The uh, you know what what's going on at our school and what you know what what we're doing. And I was wanting to see um, just kind of I guess kind of a troubleshooting, problem shooting type of way. Um, kind of what you thought would be my best way to do it. I know that when you send out emails through Podcast Answer Man and different other GSPN things, you use Google Groups. And I was trying to look at Google Groups to see how it would work. And I just want to see if you could explain that for a bit. Um, Basically, I think what I'm going to have, have uh, happen is when I have our, our student orientation and stuff, they're going to be able to come in at, um, to our library where all the computers are at our elementary school and be able to um, find a way to sign up for it, either, I guess, to sign up online or maybe, you know, or if they, if it would be easier for them to just, you know, write down their email address and we put them in the group or or what? We're just trying to figure out a way to, um, you know, disseminate information electronically. Uh, that's a quicker way. Now, I know that through your, your your different podcasts, you send out emails through Google Groups, and it doesn't show the email name of the uh, of all the participants that's within that group. But I'm just kind of curious how you would how you would go about doing that. You know, problem solving for my situation, and how you do that within your your podcast. Um, anyway. 
appreciate your time, and uh, thank you in advance for the answer. Hope you have a great day. All right, John, thank you, and I see that you're in the chat room as we're recording live right now. And uh, basically, how I do my email lists. Now, first and foremost, I want to say that the old school way was to just create groups in your email uh, program. So, for example, you know, I use Gmail. Gmail certainly has groups. You can just add people to your contact list, create a group, and then you just send an email out to that group. Now, as a teacher and you're sending this out to parents, to be honest with you, uh, you know, that may be the route to go. Uh, it, it, I, what do you got, 21 kids maybe? Uh, so, uh, you know, if I had 25 or less, I would say that that would be, you know, a great solution for you. Uh, so creating a group is, is, is relatively easy. Now, the question is, how in the world do you do it where not everybody in the email gets the actual whole list of, um, oh, so you have 500, but do you, are you going to be doing all 500 kids? I wonder. Oh, okay. Well, we'll, I will get to that. But let me, for those who are doing a small group, um, uh, I will say that the the one thing that you want to do there is uh, just make sure that when you send the message that in the to field, the, the hint there is to send that e- email to yourself. So like for me, I would put cliff at ravenscraft.org is in the to field. Then I would open up not the CC, but there's a BCC or blind carbon copy field. And that's where you type in the the name of the group and it will put in all the email addresses of all of those different things. So uh, that that's one way to use that. Now, uh, John is in the chat room and he says he's actually wanting to send out weekly updates of events happening at the school. And uh, they're, they're talking about like up to 500, you know, names on this list. So yeah, th- th- when you get to that many people, it's going to be a little bit more difficult to, to manage that in your own software. Now, I don't know if you necessarily want to go the route that I've gone, but you did mention how I'm using Google Google Groups, and uh, I will tell you how I'm using Google Groups. Uh, basically, I started out using Google Groups in this in the way that it was intended, which was to have people auto, you know subscribe themselves. Uh, there are two ways that you can get people to do that. One is that they would use the name of your group hyphen subscribe at googlegroups.com. And if they send if they send any message at all to that address, then they'll get an email back, and it'll give them instructions on like all the different things they have to do to get subscribed to your group. To be honest with you, forget that. It is ridiculous. You, you don't even go that route because not enough people, too many people. Are, it's just going to be too many steps for them. All right. The other one is is that they give you tools on their site that you can put on your site. And you, people can enter in their email address and hit, you know, subscribe. And then, of course, it does the same thing. It sends them an email with the instructions on the, all the other things they have to do to confirm and blah, blah, blah. And no, I don't don't even mess with that. Um, the other option that, you know, when you go in there and you're doing management tasks and it says invite people, you can actually send in invitations uh, to people to join the group. Same problem once again. Let me explain to you how I add people to my Google group. What I do is I there is an option in the management pane that says invite invite members and then it'll say send invitations or add directly. Um, matter of fact, let me just pull it up here real quick so I can give you the exact wording. 
I am going to go. Matter of fact, I have one of these mailing lists for Podcast Answer Man, which is a great uh, way for me to tell you right now that if you are not on the Podcast Answer Man mailing list, uh, this is different than the gspn.tv mailing list that I send out. And uh, the reason why is because I don't want to blast out you know products and services that I'm offering here at Podcast Answer Man to uh, to everybody out there. And uh, if you're interested in that, just let me know. But anyway, I'm pulling it up now, and here it is. Invite. I click on Invite Members, and uh, yeah, it says Invite Members by Email or Add Members Directly. Now, when you click on this, it says, please use this feature carefully. Only add people you know. Uh, using this feature for sending unwanted email can cause, uh, can result in active account deactivation. Uh, so basically what happens is you add in the email addresses, one line per person, for the people you want to add directly to your to your Google group, and it won't it won't ask them if they want to join. It will just it will automatically add them to the list. Now it is going to say, send them a message saying that you have subscribed them to that list. So it's important that you don't do this to anybody who hasn't requested it because if they report you, you could get your account uh, deactivated, so you can no longer use Google Groups, and that, and that would not be cool. Uh, but anyway, uh, you do get a ch- you have to actually write in a little welcome message or whatever. You can do multiple emails at once. However, uh, and MC Nation says I'm not on the Pam list, but I want to be. So, uh, Steve, why don't you go ahead and put your email address right there in the chat room, or if you don't want to do that uh, right here and now, you can always just uh, email me at cliff at gspn tv, and I will add you uh, to the mailing list from there. But anyway, um, oh, and he went ahead and put it in. So I'm going to just type in your email address, H-A-R, and I'm not going to read it all out. One, at, and uh, there's, okay, so you're at gmail.com and adding you to the list. So there you go. I am now, uh, and it says my message, welcome message was too short. And I'm going to just put per your request. And I hit add members, and there we go. It says members added confirmation. One new person uh, is already a member and does not be will not be added. So, actually, Steve, you're already on the list. I put you on there already. Anyway, so here's the deal: um, you'll be able to put them on one person at a time or a small list of people. I think there is a limit per 24 hours. A limit per 24 hours, how many people you can add. I think it may be up to 23 or 24 people. Now, I use three Google groups. I have podcastanswerman.com. I have a Google group for GSPN Plus members. So there are, there. are I have the ability to all the people who are paid, subscribed, plus members. I can send messages only to those people. And then I also have a general gspn.tv uh, mailing list. So this is just anybody who wants to in the community who's not a plus member will get, I can send message to them. Now the thing is, is I don't have anybody on GSPN and GSPN plus. If matter of fact, if somebody becomes a plus member, I go to make sure that if they're on the, on the general list that I take them off of that and put them into the plus member list. And the reason why is because everything that goes to the general also goes to the plus member list but not vice versa. And I don't want anybody getting double messages. Now, the thing is, is there are hundreds of people who are on 
these lists? How did I get them in there when I first started? And I will tell you, um, I submitted it originally with everybody and it got rejected. It's like, no, go through the invitation process. So what I did is I set myself up a Word, uh, a Google Docs document and I had all the email addresses pasted in there, one, you know, one address per line. And I then opened it up and I took the first 15 email addresses and I added those members directly and it had no problem at all. The very next day at the same time, I added the next 15 and I just kept doing that every day. It took me, it took me about a week and a half before I got every person on the list. But guess what? That sounds crazy, but I don't pay a penny for my email lists. I don't pay a single penny. It's, it's absolutely free. And uh, one of the things that I do make sure that I have done is that I go into the group settings and make sure that I, I send it out as an announcements only group so that if somebody replies, that reply comes to me and it doesn't get blasted out to everybody in the group. So that's something you need to be watching out for if you use Google Groups. I love Google Groups. It works great for me. Um, it's a it's a pain if you want to add you know a lot of people to the list all at once, but adding members directly is the way that I choose to do it. But just be cautious because if if it gets out of hand and you use it improperly and people don't know that you're adding to them to the list, you could get into uh, account suspension. So that would not be cool. Now I do want to let you know that there are a ton of email subscription services out there that are very affordable. Uh, the the ones that I hear about the most are Constant Contact and Aweber. Uh, they're, they, those two are just out there in the forefront. They have great um, advertising, I guess, and, and stuff like that. They have great people who love use their services, love their services. I am not a fan of HTML formatted uh, newsletters that come into my inbox. I'd rather just see the text, but that's me personally. Um but you know, I, I get a, I'm I'm on the email list for several people who use both of those services, and I get their information, and they pay a, a monthly fee for, and it's usually depending on how many people you have subscribing, and it, and you know what, they provide a lot of other details, such as you know, um, I know Constant Contact, you can actually set up campaigns and all the links that you put in your thing, they will, you can actually have a setting where it will tell you, you know, this is the number of people who actually viewed your email. This is the number of people who viewed and the percentage of those people who actually clicked on this link. Um, and they might even go into even more detail than that and have some more functionality. I'm not sure. But uh, I've been using, you'll remember, I've been using this plugin that I told you guys about, or I think I told you about this, called Pretty Links, P-R-E-T-T-Y-L-I-N-K-S. It's a plugin for WordPress that allows you to create your own shortening service, your URL shortening service. So, for example, if you went right now to um, gspn.tv slash, um, well, I can't think of one off the top of my head right now. Uh, I, I know. Uh, GSPN, you know what? I may have created one for this particular podcast. Let me just take a look. No, I didn't. But if you go to uh, gspn.tv slash ATC notes, what that's going to do is it's going to pull up the an HTML document with the, the um, oh, the, well, somebody said, how about chat help? 
If you go to gspn.tv slash chat help, that's going to take you to a certain uh, post on our site. Um, but some of them I actually created a little bar. What happens is if you take these URLs, it's got stats built into it. So you can actually create these URLs and it will do an automatic redirect. But inside the dashboard in your WordPress, it will give you stats that tell you exactly how many people had clicked on those certain things. So like, for example, if I wanted to, when I sent out a monthly newsletter, uh, which I just sent out one yesterday to the GSPN uh, general mail and also to the plus member mail. Uh, But when I sent that out, I could have all the different links that I wanted to sent out um, created pretty links. And that way I could go in and say, okay, here's how many people were were uh, checking out this email or how many people clicked on these different things so I could find out and kind of gauge what kind of things are the people that I that I'm emailing what overall what are they interested in and it's like I could see hey all of these folks are really interested on everybody click almost everybody clicked on this and I could focus you know maybe some of my attention on some of those things and those are things that I need to become more strategic about in any and uh, stuff anyway and and those are things that I plan on doing moving forward. But uh, just want to let you know that those things are built into Constant Contact. I'm sure they're built into AWeber as well. Uh, it, it, trust me, just do email, online email services or email list services. Tons and tons and tons of them out there. I, I won't go in and list them all, but I, those are the two that are most popular. But I'm very happy with my Google Groups. And uh, definitely uh, happy with the cost that I'm paying for them right now. So, all righty. Um, just a few other short things here real quick. First of all, I want to throw out something that I, I put out there in Social Media Serenity episode number three. Uh, but I want to bring it out here as well. And this, is, this has to do with social networking and specifically businesses on using such social networks. I was working with a client that I have here uh, locally in the Cincinnati slash Northern Kentucky area. And we were talking about the fact that, you know, they're very excited about Twitter. In fact, they they had gone through so many different steps. They had formulated an email to send out there to their entire client list about, you know, what their Twitter ID was and make sure that you're following us and, and all these things. And then right something happened to them and I, it, it, something happened that made them think about something and I'm glad that they did it before they went and invited everybody to follow them. But they they have a very valid concern and I think that, you know what, if I put this out here for Podcast Answer Man, there might be a possibility that you might have a suggestion for this. All right? And here here's what it is. I was approached with the fact that he says, listen, I am in a very very competitive market uh the type and he's he does have a very uh a niche um audience or a niche business out there uh and he's in he's in an area of town where there are probably about three competitors in his area now with the three competitors in his area they are all vying for a very small niche audience okay that that's that's the whole thing going on there and you know chances are if some if one of like one of my clients if one of his clients um if one of his clients actually gets upset and leaves his business there's about a 100% chance that that person is going to end up going to one of the other three people in his area so i mean that's how tight this market is now his concern 
was that if he signs up a Twitter account, even if he makes his posts private, there is no way at all he can hide the list of followers. So in essence, if all of his clients were to go onto Twitter and click, hey, I want to follow his business on Twitter for a recent, you know, for up-to-date information, uh, there is no way that he can avoid people from seeing that. And so in essence, what if you can imagine this, he as a business person, if all of his clients follow him on Twitter, or at least the ones that, you know, some of them follow him on Twitter, in essence, he's taking his client list and contact detail for them, meaning that you could send them a chat or an at reply. Uh, in essence, what he's doing is he's putting his contact list or his customer list out on the internet. And what a valuable tool for leads for the salespeople of those competitors to contact. And uh, so, I mean, there's a real problem there. Uh, His concern is that, you know, they could, he, the competitors could very easily say, listen, you know, we're going to offer you a hundred dollars off of you, of this service. If you will move your business over to us. And, um, you know, that, that is, that is a huge concern, especially for him. And I hate to say that because, you know, in, in the spirit of, you know, social networking, it's like, you know, let's, let's try not to all, I mean, there, there's room for everybody there, you know, there's plenty to go around, you know, and, and there are other podcast consultants, but I, you know, I talk about Jason Van Orden all the time. I talk about Alice, you know, um, you know, Alex Weiss and, and, um, you know, there all some other folks out there that I know. I mean, th- th- we're we're all in this. There's plenty of work to go around. But in this guy's scenario, in this situation, he is in a very unique situation in that you know his client list online. It, I mean, you talk about poaching your your clients off the Twitter list. I mean, that that's that's huge. Anyway, you know, even if and his concern was even if Twitter allowed him to hide his follower list from people who are are blocked people who couldn't see him uh what's to keep them from finding some way of getting somebody you know sending a client over to him gaining access as a client and then leaving his business and but having the opportunity to see the entire list of twitter followers so you know, I don't I don't have the answer to this one. This is this is one of those things that you know you can call me the podcast answer man, but this is a podcasting new media question I've never heard before until just recently, and I'm wondering if anybody else out there has any suggestions. And I would love it if you wouldn't mind just call those responses into area code eight five nine seven nine five four zero six seven eight five nine seven nine five four zero six seven. And uh, John's in the chat room because I guess you're just not the Twitter answer man. This is correct. All righty. All right. I'm going to kind of end things here with uh, an email that came in from one of my ongoing clients. His name is Joe. And he says, hey, Cliff, a few weeks back, uh, or he says, hey, Cliff, I just want to let you know I spent about four hours today catching up on your podcast while I drove to Virginia. I've said it before, but you really do provide a great blessing to anyone who has the opportunity to know about you and your work and the passion that you and Stephanie have for building community. Your podcasts are incredibly informative and refreshingly candid. 
I was particularly impressed with your talk you gave at PodCamp Nashville. You delivered such a powerful message that was very well laid out in spite of the measly 20 minutes that that allowed for your talk. Uh, That was a disservice to everyone. I also caught your reference to me in a recent uh, episode regarding the guy with multiple platforms that needs to consolidate. I agree with you, and we'll talk about how to make this happen. Um, I have a lot of exciting things on the horizon that will require your services in a significant way, if you still have time for me. I will share more of the details with you as they are firmed, but now I just wanted to say thanks for enriching my life by your work and for helping me with mine. Warm regards, Joe. All right, so um, if that's a question that's coming in for Podcast Answer Man, I will take your call in just a moment. Just stand by on hold there for just a moment. Uh, But anyway, Joe mentioned something here, and that was the PodCamp Nashville. And I ended last episode with an audio feedback from Daniel Johnson Jr. And I had kind of, uh, re- you know, respectfully disagreed with him on, you know, whether or not podcasts should have 20 minute limits and that maybe that's usually a, maybe a better thing. I still disagree with him. However, he and I have had some additional correspondence or uh, conversation back and forth on the comments section for episode number 119. In the on the blog over at podcastanswerman.com. and uh, you know if if you're interested, you can read our little dialogue going back and forth. But uh, you know, as I as I was out running this morning, and yes, you heard me, I actually was running, and no, the police weren't chasing me, and nobody had a gun. But anyway, uh, <laughs> I was out running this morning, and I got to thinking about it. It's like you know what. I do believe that there's probably a way to, you know, concisely write things and and get things across in a much shorter period of time. But, uh, you know, so I I didn't mean to be so argumentative, argumentative, and uh, not that Daniel really thought that I was, but he and I have a fundamental disagreement over, you know, whether or not um, PodCamp should have 20-minute sessions or whether or not, you know, sometimes it's okay to have uh, 40 or 50 minute sessions. And so with that, I like to, uh, I like to have that. I like to have the longer formats, but I see, I do see where Daniel was coming from. And you, if you want to see that comment, uh, back and forth, you can go to, uh, episode 119 at com in the comment section. And of course I encourage you to leave comments as well. Uh, I would love to interact with you. And of course, you could always email me feedback at gspn.tv. I'm going to put this on pause for just a second, see if I can find out who's on the line here. All right. Well, I checked it out. And unfortunately, it was somebody that had uh, their speakers turned up way too loud and a lot of feedback. So maybe the next time. But uh, that's all I have for this episode. I just, I mean, real short and to the point. I just wanted to answer those questions and uh, bring to you another weekly episode. I do want to let you know we are live. We are live every Thursday now. Uh, for me, I'm going to be here 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. every Thursday, Eastern Time, at gspn.tv slash live. And, of course, if you want to catch the podcast Answer Man live, you can. we, we will take live calls. And uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to catch that one now because, uh, you know, we already gave it a shot here. But anyway, I will take your live calls during Podcast Answer Man. We record 2 p.m. Eastern time. And so feel free to give us a call uh, at that time. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. Bye bye.